We're discussing Like Hell Part 2 in depth, so get ready for some strong opinions. Welcome to Drinks at the Doll, Episode 81. You're listening to Drinks at the Doll, a podcast waystation for Lost Girl fans. I'm your host, Stephanie. And I'm Annie. And I'm Chris. And we're talking about Like Hell Part 2, the second episode of Season 5 of Lost Girl. And we we did a, a little shot episode earlier in the week so you could hear our initial reactions. I think generally, uh, Chris and Annie seem to like it. I felt weird about it. I still feel weird about it, which we're going to talk about, I'm sure, for quite a bit later on. But first, I realized last week I just ran out of time and I didn't have a drink special. But Chris found a drink special for this week, which actually kind of applies to both episodes. So I'm going to cheat and do that. So what what did you find, Chris, for a drink special? It is called The Double Shot from Hell. <laughs> and it's two and a half ounces of tequila, an ounce of mandarin-flavored vodka, and an ounce of gin. Wow. And it was it was too tequila-y for you, but it, I actually think it sounds like it could be something that I would like. It was not bad, but yeah, I'm, I'm not huge on tequila, so it's sort of not for me. <laughs> which is fine, which is fine. I did not have the ingredients to make it, but I am drinking. So if you hear a little ice tinkling, that's why. So let's just jump right in and we'll talk about the part of the episode that I thought was pretty on point. Let's talk about Bo. Bo continues to be awesome. And I generally was really happy with her storyline in this episode. I love Bo so much. It's ridiculous. Yes. I was happy with her dress in this episode. <laughs> well, yes, she looked great. I guess we'll go ahead and get that out of the way. She looked great. I loved the dress that carried over from last episode. I loved the outfit she then changed into with like the blue top and the short skirt and the tall boots. And I loved what, even what she was wearing at the end with the like soft green shirt over a white shirt. I thought it was a light it blue. It wasn't jeans, but I, I thought it was light blue. As it might well. have been a light blue. It looked green to me. I always disagree with people in regard. Uh, things that look blue to me are, are green to other people. So who knows? That color. Well, we've <laughs> interesting. We've Y'all frequently had the about. disagreement on clothing, but yeah, we're two against one here, Stephanie. So majority rules. <laughs> But I mean, no, I mean, that's fine. But but I like that because it's not really a color that we normally see on Bo. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. She's yeah. usually yeah. like primary colors or or jewel tones or something. So it was nice that they had the sort of pastel at the end there with the whole let the light in yeah. scene. Yeah, it was beautiful. Which was I really liked. G can we talk about the dress for a second? The black dress? Yes. Of course. Because I meant to talk about this before and I forgot. <laughs> And he knows what I'm going to say because she talked. <laughs> she and I talked about it earlier this week. Okay, so there are the two little strands that hang down on on mm -hmm. each shoulder with the silver ends. Do you know what mm -hmm. I'm going to say, Stephanie? No, I do not. You know what that looks like? Hmm. It looks like a bolo tie. <laughs> no, it does not. Take that back yes, right it now. Does. <laughs> it does not at all. Two well, two strands with the little silver tips on, and that's. That's what is a that bolo not what's tie on looks out like. The end of a what bolo makes tie? a bolo tie is that ridiculous metal thing at the top. Those are just strands with beads. There's plenty of things with that are strands that have beads on the end. It looks like the end of a bolo tie. Whatever, y'all are weird. 
You think the shirt was green or blue or whatever the hell. I thought it was green. You thought it was blue. I'm right and you're wrong. Well, I, I am not wearing a bolo tie. I'm wearing a lei because I'm in the islands. But beyond Bo looking really good, I more or less really liked her character arc for the for the episode. The actual beats of the plot, I'm kind of whatever about. But I did really, I thought she had a strong character arc in this episode. And especially if you look at the two as a whole. Yes, I yeah. agree. Well, that whole sequence where she's, it's a beautifully shot sequence where she's in the dark and she, it keeps fading in and out and she's talking to her father, who's now revealed it's Hades. And everything she says, I think, is spot on to how her character is and how it's grown. And I mean, particularly, I liked, you're not my family, you're nothing, you're darkness, and I'm not walking into it. So what did you guys think of that sequence? I, I, it was okay. I liked a lot of what she said. It kind of went on a bit long, I thought. It could have maybe used some editing. But she did say some things that I, I really liked to hear coming out of her mouth, mainly that really emphasizing this idea of family, particularly found family, and that she realized that she, she knows who she is, even if she doesn't know who her father is. And that she maybe necessarily doesn't need him. Yeah. I talked about that some when we were recording the shot. And yeah, I, I really like that this is sort of Bo asserting herself against this, you know, I, again, the fact that he's not even like physically embodied there. You know what I mean? I, and I think that's sort of also representative of this whole thing, right? Like it's this idea of her dad. She doesn't actually talk to him. He's done all these things and you know there's so it's like a confrontation that kind of isn't at the same time if that makes any sense yeah but yeah sort of this you're not showing yourself but i'm gonna stand up to you anyway sort of a a thing i don't know (laughs) fist pump (laughs) and then of course it leads to the scene where she goes back into the elevator and this, you know, she thinks she's in the clear and this hand comes through and grabs her by the throat and, and she manages to get away and then just collapses in the elevator crying. And it just, I just wanted to give her a hug. I just, oh, that really got Aww. me. I have feelings. <laughs> that got me too. But I kind of always want to hug Bo. <laughs> so it, no comments. Yeah. <laughs> about the elevator scene. Y'all just. Well, no, no, I was waiting for Chris to finish. So I was. Um, but I really like that sequence where she just ended up crying because it's like she's standing up to her father and yet at the same time it still takes a toll on her. And I love seeing that vulnerable side of Anna Silk is very well acted. I agree. Because we got both. We got, we got both tough Bo who's confronting something that was probably very scary for her and a person who's probably very scary for her. And yet we still get to see the kind of emotional toll that that took on her. So I, I like that we got to see both sides. Also, and that's why we love Bo. Another thing I wanted to talk about last week that I just completely forgot about the elevator. Did the elevator remind anybody else of Charlie and the chocolate factory? It reminded me of the now book. That, now that you say yeah. that. Yes. Well, cause there was actually a sequel book that I think most people don't actually yeah. know about. Charlie called and the, the Glass Great Elevator. Glass yes. Elevator. Yes, Charlie I've and the Great Glass that. Elevator. I've read it. Okay. Okay, yep. good. Huge Roll Doll fan as a kid. Yep, me too. But the whole, the whole thing with the Glass Elevator is that it's like covered in buttons. So. Right. 
and there's but they and it goes all types of directions. It doesn't just go up and down. So yeah, right. I hadn't thought about that, but that's a good that's a good comparison. This is where my mind goes. <laughs> I it's okay. It's okay. I understand. So Thank you. It, it, we. <laughs> Yeah, I guess that my only complaint about the confrontation scene between Bo and and her father is that, you know, the show has been building to this, if not since the beginning, at least since middle of season three. And I kind of wanted a little bit more. I, I didn't really expect them to resolve it in this episode, but I maybe did want a little bit more interaction between the two. And because I'm worrying that they'll draw it out for a really long time and by the time that we actually get to the confrontation between the two of them it won't pack as much of a punch because we'll be sick of it if that makes sense yeah that was the only thing i'm like well her father is hades where the heck is papaya horse i you know my coin term is just now got where's the horse where's you know we still didn't get to see him that was a little disappointing for a face-to-face confrontation and i get the feeling if it ever comes up the audience won't care as much we're gonna be like we've moved on we've been doing this for like almost two seasons so was it more of a hand-to-neck confrontation than a face-to-face confrontation but right well yeah that's that's true (laughs) but um but um what did you think chris so here's the thing i looked up the persephone story Mm -hmm. just because I'm rusty on my mythology. Like, I, I remembered right. basically what it was, but yeah, there's this whole thing about the, the story with the pomegranate seeds. Mm-hmm. Basically, if you eat in, in the underworld, you're like Hydra. obligated yeah. to return to it. Mm-hmm. So they've set that up because Bo fed in the right. underworld. So mm. it's quite possible that she'll be obligated to return there. Right. Interesting. I forgot. Well, yeah, like Persephone has her life split between Hades, you know, and Tartarus or hell and above world or wherever. So, yeah, I don't know if that's part of the whole mythology of the seeds, but um, that part I remembered what they mentioned. But going back to the elevator real quick, I have to thank TV Nerd 3 who tweeted me and she goes, well, yeah. You know, maybe Hades was in the penthouse, but PH, isn't that supposed to be for Papaya Horse? And I went, oh, I didn't think of that. Thank you. So, just had to say that. Oh, that's a good point. I was wondering what the PH stood for. I didn't think of, it's probably supposed to be penthouse, but. You didn't know what it says. Doesn't the elevator go down, though? Yeah, but it goes up, too. I'm sure it's got a lot of floors. I'm not in, I'm saying, though, doesn't it seem like when we see it, doesn't it look like it's going down? Was that just me? Yeah, well. Yeah, but if it's also, if it's the underworld, then wouldn't, wouldn't things be reversed anyway? So maybe the penthouse. Okay, that's a good point. Is like the top floor, which is like the the bottom bottom floor. floor. That's a good point. Okay. I I couldn't tell whether it was going up or down, and Michael Grassi tweeted that it was going down. Okay, thank you. So. I mean, at the end of episode, at the end of uh, part one, so. Episode one, yeah. So I I guess a little mythology break. Tartarus is from Greek mythology. It's part of the underworld. It's kind of the baddest part of the underworld. That's where the worst people go. And so we have Lost Girl blending from different mythologies, obviously, because Valhalla that concept comes from Norse mythology. They're in Hell, H-E-L. That comes from Norse mythology. and But sections of Hell in the Lost Girl world includes Valhalla 
and Tartarus from two different mythologies. And then there's Urkala. Yeah. Yeah, there's Urkala, but it, that didn't seem to be part of Hell, because on Trick's map it wasn't listed. And then you have the Bifrost. Oh, but that, wasn't it the, uh, the, it's Limbo, right? What, Urkala? Was it not? I don't remember. Okay. I don't remember, honestly. But it, it, I, what, what I'm saying was it wasn't part of, of Hell. Well, there's all these different parts of mythology now coming into with uh, the underworld, like Valhalla and Tartarus and Hell. And now it's like I keep expecting Ares to show up from Xena, Warrior Princess, ever since. Now we've got Hades and Persephone. And I'm like, what? So anyway, that, I just had Xena flashbacks during this episode now that we keep throwing in mythologies. So that was just my comment. But it's getting a little confused. And the Bifrost, I keep ex- expecting Thor to show Bifrost. up. Bifrost, whatever. Now I keep expecting Thor to show up somewhere. So I'm like, whoa, it's getting a little too mythology heavy for me. Just a tad. But that's just my opinion. Well, and and I don't understand why the switch from Pyrrhus to Hades. I yeah. I could maybe see where where they might be going with this, but I don't really understand the point at this at this juncture, why the name switch? But supposedly Pyrrhus was, you know, a horse in hell. And, and so maybe it's going to turn out to be an alias or an alternate identity of Hades. Because in Greek mythology, and a lot of mythologies, gods could shift forms. But why? It's, it just seems unnecessarily confusing to me. Yeah, and that's what I was hoping there wouldn't be too much of. In terms of confusing, confusing mythology in this season. But my thought was that maybe Pyrrhus is the horse that draws Hades' chariot. So, I don't know. Right. That's what, that's what supposed, supposedly the, the one internet source or couple internet sources on Pyrrhus say mm-hmm. is that that's the name of the horses that draw Hades' chariot. Okay. But that's not actually true. Right. Well, probably it's not actually true. <laughs> I am actually a little confused by the thorough shift into Greek mythology yeah. since yeah. they sort of haven't done it prior to this. And any time they did it before, it was sort of like they did with Ryan the Loki, like it was a species of fae or a type of fae. Yeah, but now we've met Freya. Now we've met supposedly Persephone. Now we've we've met or suggested that Bo's father is is Hades. So we're getting into actual mythological figures rather than what they've done previously, where they've shifted a person into a species of fae. Right. True. Okay. I looked up Urkala. It is in. It's from Babylonian mythology, and it right. is the underworld from which there is no return. Okay, that's what I thought. Because because they were all don't jump in the grave. You can't come back. But Bo did, and they were surprised. So. But yeah, that's from Babylonian mythology, and but that's apparently is a completely separate underworld. And this is not unusual, right? In in mythologies, there's in mythology there are often ideas of separate places within the underworld. But when in Trick's map of hell, my my point was in Trip's Trick's map of hell, both Tartarus and and Valhalla were listed as part of its, even though Tartarus comes from Greek mythology, Valhalla and this concept of hell come from Norse mythology. So that was all. That was the point I was trying. Right. To make. No, I was just since I brought You're it just up, double check I, it. Yeah. I wanted to look. So let's jump back in in the storyline a little bit. Both storyline. Let's go back to the maze that we were first presented with, which didn't actually end up being all that challenging at all. <laughs> and then the because uh, it was a maze, except it like the solution to the maze wasn't anything about wasn't, going through the maze. Yeah. Through the maze. It was remaining in the center and defeating the goblin who 
showed herself and then therefore because really when you hear your friends voices that's one thing but when you hear your friends voices coming out of somebody who doesn't look like your friends that's not as intimidating i wouldn't think that's kind of a giveaway and so i was wondering what the purpose of the goblin was besides just to take a snack out of Bo and have persephone heal her because as you say it didn't seem that challenging that was pretty much the entire purpose i think that was pretty much the entire purpose okay except to be an ugly goblin yeah, that seemed to be the entire purpose, was to wound Bo so that then she and Persephone would, it would you know, Bo would need to heal. So, I, yeah, I don't quite understand why the maze part was included. Again, I don't really know that I let, love the, the plot points of, of what we see in Bo's storyline. It was just more her emotional char- character arc that I really enjoyed. Yeah, I agree. But, you know... We'll talk about the sex scene later, uh, but going to the, the nursery, we, we see Bo find her nursery. And first of all, the first thing I noticed was the jack-in-the-box that was on a little table, because I totally think that that's the jack-in-the-box that they used in the season two pr- promos. And I yep. thought that was a really nice nod to longtime fans who would be knowledgeable of those promos. I literally pointed at my screen and like hit my screen and went, hey, the jack-in-the-box. And... That was on display, as far as I know, at Fan Expo this year, so as one of the props. So, yeah, I wonder if it will have more significance. So the first thing I noticed was a jack-in-the-box. Again, cool nod to the fans. And then I was kind of confused by that scene. Like, it was... Okay, I shouldn't say I was confused by the entire scene. It was it was sad to see what they were suggesting was done to to Aoife and, and the cage that we saw and this idea that... Bo's mother was only given her to to feed and she couldn't really hold her and and really take care of her. But I was completely confused by the drawing that Bo found. To me, it kind of looked like Aoife was giving a guy a back rub. I I didn't understand (laughs) why it made her go like, oh, mom, and get really emotional. I just, I I don't, what was happening? I I watched it like two or three times and I can't figure out what was happening in that picture. Well, I'm not sure either. What was the, the, Thing that Aoife, we assume the the big one on the left was Eva, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I got that part. I think the other, because the other thing was sort of blobby, right? Yes. It's like, was that supposed to be Bo? Yeah, it was supposed to be Bo, and she's like also pushing Bo out of the underworld or whatever. That was my theory. I didn't look at the picture too much. It's badly drawn, but was that what was happening? Because it, it looked like it looked like there was a guy sitting in a chair in front of Eva. It looked like there was a guy in a chair sitting front in front of Eva, and he was like giving her a back, and she was giving him a back rub. That's what it looked like to me, and so <laughs> I, I didn't look really understand Bo's reaction to that picture at all. So I'm glad to hear that some people could make better sense of the picture. I'm pretty sure it was supposed to be Bo, yeah, because of the eyes. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I lovely didn't see eyes. the blue eyes thing, but it's it just didn't look like a baby to me. Well, to, well, to me it looked know, like but... the eyes were just burnt out with a cigarette. Not that Eva's smoking in hell, but. Well, she probably could. Yeah. <laughs> I doubt they have an ordinance. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but you know, Stephanie, it's not like it's not like Aoife's given a bunch of drawing materials and paints in hell to make this beautiful picture. She's got to make do with what she has. So if it looks like a, you know, a guy getting a back rub, it looks like a guy getting a back rub, you know? She's only got like her fingernails to work with probably. So <laughs> That's just making me sadder, Annie. Yeah. <laughs> Does anybody else find it really creepy that Bo was born in hell? I just shuddered when I heard that. Well, poor Bo. No. 
I guess I'm not that shocked. I don't know. I, I mean, I saw some people commenting on it, but it's not. I just feel sad for Bo. Not really. <laughs> Maybe I'm the only one. I just have sympathy pains. I don't. Know. It didn't really occur to me to have a particular reaction to that fact. I, I, heartless. Well, it didn't occur to me to have a reaction to the picture because I was like, it's a bad drawing, but oh well. I didn't think it was a back row. <laughs> well, I had a reaction to it. I, I, it didn't take me that long to figure it out, though. I didn't have a reaction to it. I was just confused. I'm like, what? I, I just didn't know what was happening there. So she needs to, she, Aoife really should take drawing lessons from Helena because Helena, <laughs> I can at least tell what's going on. <laughs> when did Helena draw? More stick figure Aoife. Oh, more okay. stick figure Yes, more stick Clean figures. Lines. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, and by Helena, I mean Helena from Orphan Black. I'm sorry to make an Orphan Black reference, but but that's okay because then Angela can just go to Helena and then and she'll just transition to Efa's Orphan Black and then she'll have her lessons. So Angela, Ange- oh Angie, Angela, Angela. Sorry, like, see this is, is why Angela? I don't. This is why I am. I don't go on your podcast because I can't remember names. I don't know who Beth Child is. Or I anything. knew who you meant. They do occasionally refer to her as Angela. I know. It just took me a second because I think of her as Angie. But anyhow, moving back to Lost Girl. I, I Yeah. So I didn't get the drawing, but thank you for telling me what you think it's supposed to be. That makes more sense. <laughs> just a thought. Oh, but okay. So about Bo being born in hell, though, mm-hmm. I guess okay. the thing that doesn't, why it doesn't really bother me necessarily is that the way these things are presented very often in mythology is that they're just like other realms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing. So, the I mean, there's no like bad, weird connotation to being born so in. She's it's not, not like so much the afterlife. To... It's just another realm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, granted, if she was born in Tartarus, Tartarus mm-hmm. is like the worst place in, in well, Hades. What's hell. the difference between so, tel- okay. hell and okay. Tartarus? Same thing, practically. It's not a good place to be well, born. We, we've got Hell H. Valhalla was really freaking nice. I'd be born there. <laughs> Valhalla in any other show does not but look then like you'd Grand never want to leave. York. So I- I'm okay with that. <laughs> okay. Anyway, all right. Moving on. <laughs> it should though, because in in Norse mythology, that's where all of the you know the they were the soldiers who are brave in battle. They oh, die and they go to drink and have a good time. It should be a fun place, Valhalla. Okay. Well, I'm just, you know. Because it's a hall in Asgard. That's true. So, anyhow. Yeah, I guess I just didn't think of it because I I don't know that I think of Hal as necessarily evil. Though, point. I did. Tartarus is supposed to be a bad place. But, I mean, the fact that Bo was born in a bad place isn't surprising. Because that's what they've been hinting at since... Like so, the yeah, first how does that tie yeah, in since with dead, her? Dead lucky, pretty much that she yeah. was she was born while her mother was being held captive. That's terrible, regardless of whether that's true. She was held captive in hell or was held captive in a really high end hotel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it was always a hellish place, regardless of where that hellish place was. Okay, yeah. okay. The ending scene, we see Bo letting in the light. She's been in a very dark place all episode, and then toward the end, she finally takes some of those. Horrible wooden shafts off the window. At first, I got really excited and I thought, is she getting inspired for a home improvement project? Because I would love it <laughs> a if the clubhouse had some walls. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, the clubhouse has its charm, but I would, I wouldn't mind them if they actually, wouldn't mind if they actually got real walls and windows and such. But 
I thought that was a great scene and beautifully shot. Beautifully. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The clubhouse has never looked so beautiful with that light. I don't have a whole lot to say about it. Except confusing. Annie is always confused. Well, yeah, I don't have a whole lot to say about it besides the fact that I liked it. I thought it worked really well. I thought Anna Silk's acting was very good in that scene, but Mm -hmm. I I did enjoy it. So can you, can I ask a question? I'll hear you guys' theories on it. If, was Bo letting in the light just to have Persephone escape hell or didn't she know that there were consequences to lighting the candle that it's going to bring Hades out? It's going to bring some evil force out into the earth or was she just motivated I don't think so. Was she just motivated to light it, even if she knew there were bad consequences because she's in turmoil because Kenzie has left? I don't know. Well, maybe maybe y'all could remind remind me because those details didn't stick in my brain too well. They didn't stick in my brain either. That's why I'm asking. I thought that that lighting the candle, that's what Persephone was supposed to do to get herself out. Yeah. Um, That is what she said. But then... The conversation between Persephone and Bo was Persephone telling Bo or asking Bo to light it when she got out to, to tell let her family, her family okay. know that she's okay. Yeah. Hmm. So I don't think that she knew there was any other or Bo thought there was any other consequences to lighting the candle. Mm-hmm. Well, that was my impression anyhow. Right. Me too. And then I read the, the Q&A with Michael Grassi and then I got very confused. Yeah, me, me too. too. Because like. <laughs> That was sort of a leading question that they asked him, and he went with it, but to me, the question and his answer made no sense in context of what we knew in the episode. I mean, I get it in the sense that Bo is at sort of a bring-it-on place in her life, but Mm -hmm. and and it works that way, Yeah, but I don't know that that was anything to do with the candle necessarily. Know what I mean? Yeah. No, I completely understand. I was very confused by his answer as well. Well, again, the one thing I read about this season before it started in a little synopsis was that Bo will go to hell to find the people that she loves. But when you when she comes back from hell, she's going to bring something back with her. So is that what this candle is triggering? Again, again what spoilers, are the spoilers, con- Annie? Spoilers. Sorry, it was just a. <laughs> we've watched the first two episodes. We know something bad is happening. Know that. <sighs> So, but I didn't know that that was how it was laid out. Damn oh, it! Sorry, okay. I thought it was implied, so that's why I said it. I mean, that's probably where it's going anyway. I mean, one would assume, having seen TV before, elevator later. <laughs> well, that obviously well, that leads, it's anyway. Moving on. So, we, yeah, because we get that end scene of the lady in the elevator. Which was very, very intriguing. Creepy. And I'm curious what what y'all think about it, because we got some theories from people, some short, one longer, which I'm, I'm going to read part of. We got a couple people saying that they thought it might be Demeter, who is Persephone's mother. We got some person, one person I think said she thought it might have been Artemis, because it was called the Artemis Candle. Did y'all have any theories? Those were my theories. Okay. <laughs> I don't know who it's called, but it's something not good. But if it were Demeter, though, my only thing is she, that's not how I expected Demeter to react to the candle being lit, to suppose seemingly kill a bunch of people in the elevator. But we don't know that that's what know. happened. Fair, well, but it's, it's you know, I, I'm i taking things as, as, um, 
I'm I, this this year. I'm I'm using as Tams would say, Occam's beard trimmer. The most <laughs> the most <laughs> rational re- reason I'm going with first. The most rational ex- explanation I'm starting at first. So it was strongly implied that she you know went all crazy and killed some people in the elevator. And so I don't really imagine that being Demeter's reaction. Well, what I find intriguing is that whatever whoever this is that came back takes over this seemingly normal person and uh, possesses them, and then they kill a bunch of people. So that's how they come I don't come know that to- that's necessarily what happened. That was not my reading of the scene at all. That was my reading of the scene. I don't know. I just had a thought, though. I'm not saying you're wrong, but I, that just wasn't the way that I read it. I just had a thought. We know that Pyrrhus or Hades or whoever, <laughs> whatever we want to call him, put the whammy on Timson where she became like a sleeper agent and turned all crazy when she answered the phone and went after mm-hmm. Kenzie and Bo, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Maybe Pyrrhus or Hades or whatever you want to call him, put the whammy on the candle and the candle then became what? some sort of weird activation thing for sleeper agent in the elevator. Yeah, that was, I forgot to mention, that was Sally as heaven, our friend Sally. That was her theory that she put forward was that the woman was a sleeper agent who was activated by the candle. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I read her theory on that. She says, a sleeper agent who is activated by the Artemis candle, a failsafe booby trap Hades set in case Persephone escaped. Okay. Maybe. (laughs) I'm just, I don't know. (laughs) We'll see next week, maybe. (laughs) The other theory that was sent to us by a, a listener, by Laura Snodgrass, her theory was, uh, the woman in the elevator, I think this is going to be Bo's sister slash half-sister. In the previous scene, Bo yeah. foreshadows by telling Kinsey, we're sisters. Wouldn't it make sense during this family discovery time that Bo finds out she wasn't the only one her father created to try to become the queen, and or when Bo disappeared, that he wouldn't have given up on the idea? The candle of Artemis enables communication with Persephone's family. Could this be her daughter? Side note, the woman on the elevator sounds a lot like Bo and or Kinsey with her pizza love, but that could just be Andrus. <laughs> That's true. So I, I thought that was an interesting, interesting theory. I, 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 and I have no idea. I have no, I have no good theories on this. Cause again, you know, Persephone said it would do this one thing, but I don't know that I trust Persephone. If that's her real name. <laughs> I don't trust her either with the, uh, oh, by the way, I'm Persephone. I'm your stepmother after the sex scene. Why? Why? Why did she phrase it like that? Why didn't she say, I'm Persephone. I'm your father's wife or something like that? No, she had to go to the gross part. I'm your stepmother. Why? Well, either way, it would have sounded gross, but it's more gross with stepmother. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. She chose the grossest way possible to phrase it. Why? (laughs) I don't know that. I find it, I know a lot of people were upset by the whole Bowen Persephone hookup, if we want to call it that. But I don't know. I guess just the fact that, one, we're bringing in Greek mythology, which if you've read lots of Greek mythology, that's just all it is. Everybody's related and it's gross, right? Everybody's related and everybody has sex. Yeah. yeah. Well, here's the thing, because there's all sorts of relationships that are taboo. They vary from culture to culture. Bo and Persephone are not biologically related. So it's really not so much... 
I have issues with this, with her hooking up with, with Persephone just because I don't understand why. Why did they make it so weird and have <laughs> her sleep with her stepmother? It, I just don't understand why, which makes me really upset because I think the actual scene is pretty sexy, even though, yeah. you know, there's not a whole lot of clothes coming off or anything like that, but they still managed to make it really sexy, I thought. But then it got all so weird and why? I think that's why. And then it's omission of information. And then it's like, why ride in the goblin? Or maybe they're trying to highlight the whole we're going into Greek mythology thing. Because, yeah, there's, you know, Bo's feeling all guilty because she's all, oh, I, you know, just had sex with my father's child bride. I'm like, actually, Persephone really is the one who more, you know, violated Bo in this regard because she knew she was Bo's stepmother and didn't tell her before they got all sexy. She knew where things were going pretty quickly. She could have (laughs) said like, hey, by the way, (laughs) we'll heal the old fashioned way. Hi, nice to meet you. I make really great potato salad that I'm going to bring to the family reunion. Like, (laughs) (sighs) But it's not like Persephone was willingly married to Hades either. So, yeah, but she still but could still, have told Bo earlier. No, yes. I know. I mean, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm on board. I'm just like, yeah, I know. I know what you mean because that's the whole point of Persephone's story. Yeah, is that she was unwillingly taken well, by Hades, right? Mm-hmm. Yes and no. Like she was kidnapped by Hades for sure, but she actually becomes queen of the underworld and kind of likes it and kind of turns into a yeah, stereotypical she to, jealous queen type. Yeah. So. You know, she she was taken against her will. It's, but it's Stockholm syndrome, Stephanie. It's yeah, not. It's not though. I'm uh, <laughs> never mind. <laughs> she she um yeah she learns to like appreciate the role. So what Gloss Girls doing their own take on Persephone is what I'm saying, which is fine. But yeah. but in the mythology, she's that's not how her story plays out. So since we're talking about weird sex scenes, should we go ahead and move on to to Lauren? <laughs> if you want. Okay. I mean, the scenes are connected so and yeah. intercut, so you might as well. I, I, Can I say my bit first on that? Okay, go ahead. So I, I, I watched the scene, and, you know, it is really interesting how they're intercut. And I, you know, I was like, oh, cool song. And I, I had to admit, I giggled the first time I saw when Lauren's bathrobe became undone. I'm like, what is this? This is kind of silly. And I'm like, oh, it looked like just cheap special effects or something. And then the scene went on, and I was like, oh, oh my, as Chris would say. And I, as you said, it was a sexy scene between Persephone and Bo, and I thought it was a sexy scene with Lauren, and then when the reveal was made that it wasn't Bo, I just was like, okay, that's weird. I did not think of it anything other than just what I personally saw it as until I saw every um, a lot of people's reactions on Twitter, and I went, oh, okay, they obviously thought of it as uh, non-consensual, and I hadn't seen it that way. I didn't see it that way, I admit, and I just went, oh, and it, you know, it's it's just my opinion, and I was like, oh, and then I just felt like kind of a downer when I read that, and so my perception of that scene was kind of changed by people's opinions, and I went, oh, apparently I am the only person with my opinion of the scene, and People can disagree with it, but that's just how I saw it, and that's all I'm going to say. Because I know my opinion right now is obviously not the majority. So, Chris, did you want to say anything? I don't know. It's one of those things, the first time I saw it, I think because they'd been 
leading us with the whole the ghost is Bo thing, which I, like, when they first started that, I was like, obviously it's not. Yes, thank you. But the thing is, is that I'm gullible enough to believe, oh, I thought it was. But then it's frustrating to me when a B-plot like that kind of, you know, fetters out into nothing. Oh, it's just some random ghost. And I'm like, well, what's the point of that B-plot then? Except to have Team Human do some awesome stuff, but... Yes, I have lots of thought on that point, Annie, and which I'll talk about in a second. To me, that's really frustrating about the dangling B-plot. That's the part that I thought was annoying. And I think I've mentioned that with another time they've done that on Lost Girl, but go on. But yeah, go ahead, Chris. So the first scene where they have the the implication of uh, there's a ghost and they think it's Bo, I think obviously it's not. And then they have the intercut scene, and I'm like, well, maybe it could be some sort of thing where there's like some transference of, I don't know mystical whatnot because i don't know so i'm just sort of like not thinking about it in any other terms at that moment just because they're like so certain at that point and you know the scene ends with lauren sort of definitively saying it was Bo. so i'm like not thinking about it in terms and and i also actually had a moment where they started that scene where i kind of went what and kind of giggled just because it was silly and the thing that i think they were doing and correct me if I'm wrong, anybody, but isn't there a scene sort of like that in one of the Ghostbusters movies or something? There's a weird blowjob scene in one of the Ghostbusters. Is that what you're talking about? Or with Dan Aykroyd? It could be. It's a blowjob from the ghost? I was just thinking, yeah, now that you say that, maybe that is what I'm thinking of. I was just thinking there was a scene, because they started off with like the undoing of the belt, and I was thinking that I remembered seeing something like that, and I thought it was in Ghostbusters. Yes, that that yes, that's what you're thinking of. Okay. So I was thinking more of it in terms of being sort of like you an know. homage. Yes. There you go. And so wasn't necessarily being super disturbed by it in those terms until later cuz also mm-hmm. like getting online later and everybody's like up in arms about it and it's like, "Oh, no wait, that kind of was." And then like yeah, so rewatching it, it's more upsetting than it was watching it the first time just because you have definitive context for it. Right. So, anyway. That's your two cents. Okay. So, I've been thinking about the scene a lot. And where I I mostly land is confused. And and here is why. I don't understand why they included the ghost story in this episode at all. Because as as we mentioned when we talked about part one last week, I thought they ended the part one at a really good place. They had Kinsey buried alive in danger. They had Stacy going after, we were pretty sure Lauren, but maybe Dyson too. They had Bo going down in hell to meet her her father. Tamsin had been captured by the Valkyrie and they weren't going to let her help, you know, weren't going to let her rescue Lauren slash Dyson. And then I felt like, they didn't follow through on the Stacy storyline at all. They had set her up to be a really good antagonist in this episode for Lauren and Dyson. She wanted a soul. She wanted to take somebody. That is a great antagonist. She has motivation. We know about her. She knows where they live, so to speak. And they didn't follow through on that plot at all. Instead, they conjure up this ghost plot to put... Lauren and Kenzie in danger and 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 it 
ended up including this really disturbing sexual assault scene, in my opinion. And I just don't understand. I don't understand why they went that route in in the slightest. It is weird. I mean, it's one of those things that, again, in retrospect, I wish they hadn't included it just because it doesn't it doesn't serve any particular purpose other than for them making like jokey comments about it later, which is also weird. And upsetting because, you know, last episode we had Bo stomping on the man junk of her would-be rapist. And in this episode, we have her making kind of jokey comments about Lauren being assaulted by a ghost figure. It it just – the two halves of this ep- – of taking as a whole the two halves of the, pr- of the opener really felt like half a blowjob to me. It just did not follow through on the promise. I thought that the first half really, really set up. So that's my – that's my, I guess my, why I'm confused. But as for the scene itself, like I said, I personally, I think it's a sexual assault, even though, and, and I know this, this gets tricky for some people. And I guess I'll say up front, if you disagree with me, I'm not trying to say that you're a horrible person because later on in the episode, you know, Lauren seemed to not be particularly upset about it. And if that is good enough for you, like Lauren seemed to be okay with it. So I'm okay with it. I completely understand that. So I'm not, again, if you don't agree with me, I'm not trying to say you're a horrible person, anything like that. But, you know, because we have Lauren and she does consent, but she consents thinking that it's Bo. And to me, that then makes it the consent null and void, so to speak, because it wasn't Bo. It was some other fae, as Michael Grassy phrased it, which makes me nervous. I'll get into that in a minute. <laughs> and and so, yeah, and so what we end up with is is kind of like... That uh, that scene in Revenge of the Nerds, if anybody has seen this, where, you know, like a nerd really wants to get it on with this girl and they know that she's supposed to meet her boyfriend at some carnival and they're going to have sex in like the bouncing chamber or whatever. And the nerds like distract the boyfriend, the 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 nerd who wants to get it on with this girl is in costume and he goes and he meets her and they have sex and she doesn't know who he is until the very end and she seems okay with it but it's like that's not okay what he did was not okay he knew that you thought he was your boyfriend and he took advantage of that situation so that he could have sex with you that's really not okay that's super gross yes that's super gross (laughs) thank you again this sorry i dropped out of the call for a second again this is why i just said what I said on my opinion, and I know I'm going to get hammered for it. So. Well, I, I, you missed the part where I said if you don't agree with me, that's – I mean, I'm not trying to say you're a bad person. But – No, most people I, though, I've read, though, do agree with you, and I just – how I initially interpreted the scene was not how most people did. So – but I just have my opinion, and other people have theirs, and, you know, I thought Lauren looked good in a kimono, but that was apparently where my <laughs> interpretation I, I think from. there's – like debatably admittedly again whatever your opinion is it's totally valid i'm just saying this i think there's it's gray area you know what i mean because there's like the mystical weird element to it yeah i mean it's hard to talk about this and so it's yeah everything's just very confused in the situation and so you know Mm -hmm. whatever your opinion is it's it's fine i'm yeah just I don't know. It's like it, I don't it, I don't know how to feel about this definitively, you know? 
Because it's kind of ridiculous to try to think yeah. about talking about this in in sort of serious terms. Because a woman has sex with or is assaulted by ghost or slash invisible person. I mean, this is not something that occurs in our day to day lives. So it's it's kind of weird to begin to try to yeah, it has that weird fantasy element to it. Yeah. It's yeah. difficult to try to begin to form an opinion about it. So I had to try to translate it into real world terms. And that's what I ended up with. Again, if you don't agree, I'm not saying you're a bad person. It's just that's the way that I personally see it. And therefore, I am really uncomfortable with it. But ultimately, I'm just confused because I don't understand why it was included at all. Yeah. I mean, in terms of the plot point, it's like if it had been Bo, people wouldn't have had an issue with it. And I wish it had been. But or like I some sort of mystical and... interdimensional echo of Bo, like that yeah. would have been fine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it was just weird, and I think it's uh, I don't know how to put it. It's like I think it just bothered me all week that what other people would think of my opinion would make them think that I was a shallow person or something because I didn't initially see the scene. The way that some people did. So, but that's just me being insecure. So, but it's just, it's a tough gray scene. But yeah. going back to, to Chris's original point, I, I would even have, I guess I'd be more willing to understand its purpose if they had made a bigger effort in the beginning to try to convince the viewers that this ghostly entity was Bo. Mm-hmm. But they didn't. They, they didn't even have a line of, I've, t- you know, my friends know that I need help, which Bo could have said for any old reason, not, not, not necessarily that she thought she had contacted them. They, but they made no effort yeah. to suggest to the audience that who they were seeing was Bo until that scene with the intercutting. But at that point, I knew it wasn't Bo. So I just felt uncomfortable the entire time. Plus, it felt like they were trying to use that scene to confirm that it was Bo, because at the end, Lauren's like, oh, no, it's Bo. Yeah. 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 They were using it so that to convince Lauren and Kenzie, I guess, because you have Trick coming in, I guess, to uh, present the viewer's perspective that are you sure that it's actually Bo? And so then they have this this thing happened where it convinces Lauren. So I can, I guess I can kind of see the purpose of it in the plot point, but I, I, I could have been done some other way. Mm-hmm. They made no effort beforehand to convince us it was Bo. It, it just was not well done at all. In my opinion, that goes storyline at all. Well, and that, and at the beginning when they were digging Kenzie out of her grave, I kind of wish they'd shown that, but then there's no urns around Kenzie's grave that we can see. Uh, somebody wrote, oh, that's a little inconsistency. And, and all of a sudden you see Lauren pull out this shard, and I'm like, where the heck did that come from? And then later, only later to me, it made it was sense. was halfway between the surface and yeah, the I, grave. I, and I, the thing yes. is, though, I've completely forgotten about that moment until I rewatched. And because when Lauren pulls it out of mm-hmm. her pocket later, I was like, where the heck did that come from? So, and they do introduce it, but it's such a throwaway moment that I completely forgot on first viewing. Yeah. But they don't, I mean, I know why they're doing it to create a sense of mystery, but it's just like, I don't know, I just, just personally, I wish they'd shown the, them digging Kenzie out because I would have liked to have seen Team, Team Wolf and Team Doctor are, you know, just, it's that Wolf Pants. As our, or yeah. as we like wolf to call pants. them, hot junk, you know. <laughs> hot junk, wolf junk. Junk pants. Team hot junk. I would have liked junk to have pants. seen Dyson shift and dig him out. And that just would have been a cool scene, I think, to visually see instead of just hear. 
So probably would have been expensive. Uh, that was to just shoot, my though. opinion. I, 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 think I it, know. I know. Yeah, I think yeah. it worked okay with with the sound. But given that that shard became such an important piece of the ghost plot, I, I agree. I think we should have seen her break the urn or find the shard or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So amusing side note. I almost I I meant to and then just like didn't when we were recording last week. I meant to make a crack about Dyson digging out Kenzie. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, so for I was... those of you listening to a podcast, is making a very <laughs> adorable digging motion with her hands. <laughs> like Kenzie did. But um, that's right. This is audio only. <laughs> Eventually, yes. You're all, dang anyway, it. Um, but I, I meant to make a crack about that last week. And so I was so unbelievably <laughs> pleased when they made that same joke this week. Yeah. Yeah, I actually would have, it would have been cool. They could have had Dyson like wolf out and but anyway. I know. Again, I think it worked okay, but it, cause sometimes I actually think scenes work better as you, if you could imagine them versus actually seeing them. I mean, that was a really good joke. I mean, I thought it was, it was a really good joke. It was Kenzie doing the cute little dicky motion and yeah. 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 But I, I have to say, beautiful people look like beautiful people, even with makeup dirt I know. smudged on them. We're so they just throw dirt You look on super Zoe attractive. And, I mean, <laughs> I know. Throw some dirt on on Chris Holden Reed, like he doesn't look any less attractive. But y'all know me. So. I I like him. I like people when they're a little dirty. So we know you do. Everybody knows you do. You've made it very public. Uh, we <laughs> love you. we love your love of Thank dirtiness, you. Stephanie. Side note: Apparently. On on the set of The Walking Dead, they refer to like the fake dirt that they put on everybody as the sexy dirt. The sexy dirt, like they yeah. call it sexy dirt. <laughs> it is sexy dirt because it's it's very sexily applied well, to the face. Yeah, but okay, so I, that's the I guess that's done with our with our rant for uh, or my rant at least in regards to the sex scene with Lauren. I will say though, now I'm really scared. That the that scene is leading to Lauren having a mystical pregnancy, which I do not want to happen at all. Let me say that. Hey, very, this is not very Zena. strongly. Where, I do where, not want to see that happen at all. Well, the thing is, is that my objection to the because I can see how Lauren's scene would be interpreted. Again, this is just my opinion. How I interpret it, the way I did, where I just saw it as a sexy scene, where it was kind of a gray area in terms. of of how people interpreted it. And then there's scenes like Gabrielle getting very openly violated by a mystical being in Xena, and she does get pregnant by it. So yes, we hope that does not happen in Lost Girl. The only so, way just that, you said, that a mystical... Pr- I've, I've thought about this, actually, since I've been scared about it since I saw this episode. The only way I'd be okay with a mystical pregnancy was if that's how Lauren got pregnant with Bo's baby. Like, if they if they... Yeah, like if they really used it, it, they kind of used the trope and put it in this Lost Girl universe, which is very, very friendly to to female-female same-sex couples. And they used that as a vehicle so that Lauren can conceive a child and or or Bo, whomever, and then, you know, the other one will have been the biological parents. Like, that's the only way it'd be okay for me. Otherwise, I do not want to see any of our main female characters have a mystical pregnancy. Yeah. I assume that's happened in, like, a dozen fanfics well, already. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've read them. And the thing is, is that... But to me, when the corporeal ghost in corporeal form attacked Lauren, 
um, at the end, even though they had like this kabuki mask on it. To me, I thought the ghost was female. Yes. So I'm like, but a mystical pregnancy. Exactly, but I just think that'd be, be really cool—a female mystical pregnancy for the purposes not, of Docu Baby, but only for the for, purposes of Docu Baby. Please don't use the phrase Docu Baby, but <laughs> only from fanfic. Okay, so a female ghost—it could they could still do it. B, this is why I'm worried about Michael Grassy referring to the the entity with which Lauren had some sort of sexual relations as some other fae. Why did he not just call it the ghost that we see in the episode? Now I'm all like freaking out that it was some other thing entirely. And I'm trying to That's remember true. Occam's beard trimmer, Occam's beard trimmer. <laughs> but they, Stay Lauren calm. does refer to it as a type of fae. Yes. When they, I know. when they do the exorcism yeah. oh, thing. I know. I know. They're but paranormal it's still- investigating. I know, but it's still worrying me. I'm still like, what if it was somebody else? I'm not even going to say my worst possibility that I've thought of. I, I just, I'm freaking out about that scene, y'all. I don't, I do not want a mystical person. See, Especially since what... we're into Greek mythology now. Yes. Ew. Great, great, Ew. great. So this is why when I hear other Damn people's it. theories and stuff, I, you guys freak me out even more. See, I'm sorry. So, this is Melanie no, okay. Killingsworth's just... fault. This is Melanie Killingsworth's fault. <laughs> I don't, you're probably not listening to this podcast, Melanie, but I'm calling you out because I went to you hoping that you'd talk me down and make me feel better, and you did not. <laughs> well, so that's that. I don't know. In other news, Lauren was wearing the same bra and underwear that she was in Fade to Black. I did notice <laughs> Which, that. <laughs> believe it or not, I did not notice until I watched really? it, until I really? saw Twitter comments. Well, I was looking at the belly button ring. Do you really think I concentrated on anything else? We also had an appearance of Zoe Palmer's belly button ring. Apparently, I am the only person who likes the belly button ring Which because we everybody else seen thought it was until and since school's out, I believe. Yes. Yeah. According yes. to Tumblr, you are not the only one. Well, no, but unless I'm unless the only you were one behind who... all those posts. No, no, I wasn't. But Eddie's I'm the only the one field. who wasn't seeing the scene as a non-consensual. So I was just concentrating on the happiness of the belly button ring. So. See, that's why the scene is really, it's, it's like La Fe Epoque, where I said I, I love the scene, but I'm really torn about it. So now I love, I like that scene for my own personal reasons, but I'm torn about it. So also, I'm just can, all messed up today. Can we just say, like, major kudos, props, whatever you want to call it, to Zoe Palmer, because that's got to be some of the most awkward shit to film in the history of yeah. ever because at least that in was sex also scenes, my thought when i was rewatching yes, it's like because it's, it's like very... i'm uncomfortable about this but i'm also amused because zoe palmer is having to do this yeah. like yes. by herself i mostly yes. was just feeling really sorry for zoe palmer throughout all of that like those scenes never are sexy to me they're just always mm-hmm. ridiculous and and but it's not zoe it's... palmer's fault it's really not like like Zoe, lie on the bed and pretend a ghost is is touching you in ways that are pleasing to you. Like at yeah. least, at least this these are harder, I think, than than probably doing masturbation scenes. Because at least masturbation, you probably because most of us have masturbated, have some sort of sense of, of what that looks like or feels like. You have something to draw upon. This this is ridiculous. This is in the the realm of ne- never no idea what this would be like. Like, well, it uh, looked like masturbation to me, but that was just me. It looked what? Nothing. It looked like masturbation to me, but that was just me, and that's why I it was my 
my stupid brain was enjoying the scene. But no hands were any- anywhere. Anyway. <laughs> the camera was only from waist high. You, it was my imagination, for Christ's sakes. <laughs> That's why I like the scene. I admit it. And I thought it was Bo. Masturbation scenes, I've actually seen some that I thought were pretty convincing. And film, and film, and film, and film. <laughs> but I'm just this- saying... But this sort of thing, I've I've never seen any that I thought were were particularly convincing. So no well, offense to Zoe Palmer, it's it's me. No, since you're saying that, you know Zoe's sitting there going, "You guys better freaking pay me double today." <laughs> no, because Zoe Palmer is really a awkward. nice woman and <laughs> I know. a good sport. But I'm sure she probably had a lot of jokes that day. But just oh my gosh, I just yeah. I feel so sorry for her. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, Zoe, that you had to do that for your job. Was it another lost bet or one bet between between Zoe and Emily Andrus, do we think? Maybe. Probably. Since we joke about the various bets between Emily Andrus and the cast. Well, I just, uh, well, to me, the funny part was, no, not of that scene, but I just, I did like her battle cry. That was very funny to me. <laughs> Yeah, let's let's go ahead and talk about the Lauren Kinsey plot in in general because besides that really disturbing scene, it was a whole lot of fun. I was so happy to get to see Lauren and Kenzie working together. There just has not been enough of that on the show for me. I know, and they're so and they're so friendly now, you know, in their own ways. And again, I don't know how Zoe gets out those lines about the sphagnigmobanometer goes next to the this meter, not the stethoscope meter you know i don't know how she <laughs> says those lines meter. and gets them out without laughing i i said the meter on purpose i know but, but it was funny <laughs> but it just every time she says that i'm just like i just bust out laughing so yeah and drinking the vodka out of the beakers was priceless <laughs> something i i missed the first watch through but but caught upon rewatch. <laughs> Did you see Kenzie like sniff the beaker and make a face and yeah. then hand it out to yeah. Lauren? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what I do with my glasses. I always blow in at first going, okay, it's clean. <laughs> no, so. she, she sniffed it and, and made a face like there was some disgusting smell in there. And then yeah, there's like, here. shoved it towards Lauren. Here. And then Lauren pretending to stab herself with a tongue depressor, which really looks like another. It doesn't exactly look it like, like it. it does not look like a tongue depressor. It, does it not. looks like something else. Yes. I agree. It's the roundest tongue depressor I've ever seen. It's but the so roundest, I didn't, I didn't biggest s- tongue depressor I've ever yes. seen. It was like so one of Buffy's steaks or something. I know, I right? know. but I, I didn't see her vibrant. stabbing herself with it until somebody mentioned it, or I saw it on a rewatch or something. And one of the stills from the episode. I, one of the I love public, that they captured that in one of the photos. That. Yeah. 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 So and, and I've, and anyway, I've, I've had some people comment on, you know, Lauren getting to be more funny, more like a comic character in this episode. And like, what do you think about that? And, and you know, I think Lauren has always had that sort of sense of humor, but I, I like yeah. it in that because it suggests to me that she's finally really feeling comfortable and integrated and friendly with people other than Bo. Cause usually when we, when we hear her mm-hmm. making jokes specifically, it's usually around Bo. So I, yeah. I, I like actually, and I think it makes sense that since she feel is feeling more integrated into the group, that she's being funnier and making more jokes with everybody. Well, it's just so fun to finally see Zoe Palmer use her very dry comedic humor on screen when, you know, the character of Lauren has been suffering so much for like three plus seasons. It's very nice to see that 
sense of humor. Which is why she should not have a mystical pregnancy. Just wanted to get that in again. Okay. Yes. But, um, oh, I'm sorry. I just, I have to interrupt here. I'm sorry. I have to go because I have a family commitment. But, <sighs> yes, yes, yes. Annie's docubuster alert. We want docubus sex, no mystical pregnancy. That's what I'll sign off with. <laughs> Real docubus sex, people. <laughs> but, anyway. Hang on, hang on. I got, I gotta do. What? <laughs> Two. I'll do the third one with you. (laughs) She's just drinking water. (laughs) Yeah, I know. But, you know. It's the thought that counts. If I can get Stephanie drunk, I will. (laughs) All right. I'll talk to you guys later. Well, thank you for joining us for how how long that you could, Annie. I appreciate it. All right. And uh, yay, Ben Z feels at the end. Totally made me cry. So stop doing that show. No, (laughs) keep doing it because I love you, show. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye, Annie. Okay, so so we were talking about Lauren being more comfortable and more jokey. Mm-hmm. But they, they had the scene with Stacy and Dyson at the doll where everybody was partying because, you know, the Unamens had died and the Morrigan had fallen out of power. And so basically, Bo's whole upsetting of the balance of power has, has been effective, is, is essentially what we're learning, right? Mm-hmm. And I think also the fact that the balance of power has been upset means that Lauren is actually in a freer position than she had been before, because she'd mm-hmm. always been bogged down by being enslaved by the Fae, essentially. So, right. so since that's sort of also more up in the air than it was, maybe that would also contribute to her feeling more lighthearted, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to mention that too. The fact that she is no longer in, in, in servitude to the the light. The fact that she's finding some friends finally in in this world that she's living in. I I think absolutely have resulted in her feeling more lighthearted, able to you know make jokes and be funny and and all of that. I, again, I just really love Lauren and Kenzie stuff. The Beaker scene reminded me of Better Off Ted. Have you seen that series at all? <laughs> I love Better Off Ted. Better Love off it. Ted is fantastic. Then there's an episode where Ted is getting gets his brother a sales job by buying a bunch of beakers that had been sitting around for this this sales company for a while. And so everybody's suddenly drinking out of beakers. And, and there's this moment where P- Portia de Rossi's character has this great line of, I'm going to get 500 milliliters of coffee and I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> Veronica. Veronica. So it it reminded me of Better Off Ted, which is fantastic. I don't know if it's still on Netflix, but if it is, you should go watch it. It's very It was. Funny. It was streaming on Netflix. I don't know. And they never released the second season on DVD, as far as I know, which hmm. bothers me. Hmm. But yeah, go check it out. So yeah, it was just so great to see Lauren and Kenzie working together. Like, like, like uh, Annie mentioned when... And that was confusing to me when they were behind the couch. I, I, it took me a while to realize why they were crouched behind the couch. And then I realized it was because there was like weapons embedded into the couch. I'm like, okay, the ghost is throwing things at them. But that wasn't clear to me at first. I think maybe my problem was I watched this episode on my Kindle while oh. I was writing. While so, I, was I mean, ri- there's like a huge axe sticking out of that cushion. And okay. then I was thinking that yeah, poor I- couch has not been having a good season. <laughs> No. But yeah, I watched it on my Kindle while I was riding the bus because I had to take the bus to and from work on on Monday. Uh-huh. And 
which got awkward when that scene with with <laughs> Bo and Persephone came up because I was sitting in one of the seats where there was somebody sitting behind me and I'm like trying to tilt it kind of down <laughs> so that people behind me can't see what's happening. But well, you remember you remember last season I had to watch episode 4, 5, which episode? It was episode 5 in mm. in a Starbucks. <laughs> okay. And so like I was sort of I kid you not I I made somebody switch seats with me so that I would have the screen like facing so only like the one or two or people something. behind me yeah. would see it instead of like the yeah. entire store. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case, which was yeah. good because there wasn't like a full on sexy scene, but But there was smooches. Yeah. Things were getting sexy. <laughs> yeah. There was clothes coming off and there were smooches. Yeah. Like I didn't I didn't know going in, so I'm like, I should probably <laughs> make this, you know, minimally Visible. And I was foolish and I didn't think about it because there are there are seats on the bus where your back is to a wall, but they're supposed to be reserved for people who are either, you know, like in a, in a wheelchair somehow you have a disability or or are elderly. So I try not to sit there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but once the bus kind of like emptied out a bit, I'm like, OK, I'm moving over here. <laughs> so. So anyway, you need so one I think of those I, like privacy film things where you can't yeah. see it from an angle. <laughs> I do, I do. So oh. <laughs> both times I watched this episode, I was actually on the bus. So I, I think I, I maybe missed some details. But yeah, when when Lauren and Kenzie were ducked behind the couch and and you know Lauren runs out yelling and picks up the Ouija board and throws it into the fire, like it, there was just some really great buddy buddy being silly entertaining stuff which is so great to see from the two of them given that they started out as such adversaries yeah and i think the last time we really i don't think we got one of those last season did we a lauren kenzie lauren kenzie buddy scene did we, we no the only scene they really had together that i can remember was, was in the two of 30... them was in 3 was in 406 where Lauren's packing up and then Morgan's at her apartment and Kenzie comes over to get mm, something mm-hmm. from her and she's like, how's Bo? And yeah. Yeah. So. But it's, it's like more vaguely hostile just because what's the Morgan doing what's here? What's the Morgan doing here? Yeah. So yeah, the last buddy buddy scene though was, um, Confagion, really. Confagion. Thank you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which was so entertaining. And then we had to wait a whole season mm-hmm. or two seasons. Yeah. Can I say I thought that Ouija board was fantastic. I thought it was beautiful and a great a great prop piece. I was sad that it wasn't featured more more. Yeah, it looked pretty cool from the couple shots we got of it. Yeah. But I guess let's let's talk about Kenzie cuz this episode ended with some I I I not surprisingly, I I didn't think that Kenzie was actually long for the series. I thought they would have her exit. I'm not saying she's gone for good. I I think she might come back. But I'm like 97% sure she'll be back. Yeah, me too. Uh, but Which, I, when I, figured... I talk to Annie, Annie's like, I'm going to hold you to that. <laughs> <laughs> but so I wasn't surprised uh, that she exited. But I wish that they again. I feel like we needed maybe one more scene where we could see that Kenzie was leaning toward leaving i because I, I know they had that wistful scene where she was walking around the clubhouse touching her things and there was definitely this sense of i don't know if i fit here but I, I i wish that they had maybe left her in her her coffin for just a wee bit longer and we maybe could have used that time to really lead up to her leaving at the end of the show of the episode yeah i don't know i'm 
like I hear what you're saying, and I don't disagree necessarily, but I do think they spent a lot of last season also building up to maybe this point, you know? That's fair. Where there was a lot of, it was being extra hard for her to stay in the Fae world, and the fact that last episode there was this whole discussion with Bo where she knows that Bo loves her and Bo came to get her, but Bo also loves her enough to let her go if she really wants to go, you know? So I think that also maybe sort of leads into this point, right? Where Kenzie knows that, you know, they've got the unbreakable bond and they'll love each other forever and ever and everything will be okay, but also that Bo is willing to let her go if she feels like she needs to go. And I think that's important too, you know? And I think that's fair. Just for me personally, since she was willing to come back from Valhalla just last episode because she wanted to be with her family, I needed a little bit more time to lead up to that, to her ultimately choosing to leave Feyronto, at least for the time being. Mm-hmm. And that's fair. So, but I thought it was a wonderful scene between her and Bo. Like I like I mentioned in our in our initial in our first impressions episode, I loved that the directors and the editor gave us that really nice long shot of Bo reacting to Kenzie to realizing that Kenzie was leaving. You know, I feel like they they could have very easily cut to showing Kenzie over her shoulder and it still would have worked but i love that we got that really long shot of just seeing bo process that information cuz that's us like we are bo the audience is bo in that moment we're we're realizing that this character we love is going to be gone at least for a time and i just i liked how they played that scene a whole lot yeah i think that sort of that's the only way to me to play that scene because you know, Kenzie is leaving, and so we are going to be sticking with Bo through Kenzie's absence. So that that decision makes sense to me. But I, th- I, I just it was so lovely having Kenzie mm-hmm. in this episode, and and having her interact with with Lauren in particular and Dyson. I just I'm gonna miss her again. I like Chris, ninety seven percent sure we're going to see her again this season, but she will definitely definitely be missed. So let's talk about Dyson and Stacy. I didn't really love this subplot. I know some people did. I believe it was Pixel 51 even listed this as one of her favorite aspects of the episode. But I just did not love this this subplot. I think partially because I really thought that they would use Stacy more as an antagonist for, for Lauren and the group. And I found it disappointing that she was so easily distracted by a charming wolf man. And I think that's fair, but I still enjoyed it. And that's fine. That's fine. It, just, it didn't work for me personally. So why did you like it, Chris? Well, I mean, I, I was thinking about this further. And I think part of the story is the fact that apparently Stacy hasn't really gotten out of Valhalla in a while. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, hello, charming wolfman who's paying attention to me. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I kind of get it. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. But yeah, the fact that she was kind of gullible to a point, I don't know how I feel about that. But Especially since they have the scene where, as always happens on all television, really, where Tamsin comes in to the doll and says something about Bo, and then Dyson gets up and gets, like, very upset with her, and then they take, like, a six-foot 
step away from <laughs> we're gonna from talk where in Stacey private. is to, to, to have this very heated argument about what Tamsin just said about Bo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he's he's trying to sell this fact to Stacy that he doesn't actually know Bo, Bo yeah. personally. Like, this no... doesn't make any sense, right? No. Like, Stacy can't possibly be buying any of this. No. She can see you, guys. <laughs> Well, and that was a scene that was really disappointing to me. The last time we saw Stacy and Tamsin in the same room together, which is one of my favorite Tamsin scenes of last episode, you know, Tamsin was being held back by two other Valkyrie because she was, you know, screaming at Stacy, stay away from them. And then she sees, she sees Stacy sitting next to Dyson and she's just like, what up, slut shaming word? Why are you making out with my maybe boyfriend? It, it was just, ah, it was frustrating to me. Yes, I agree. So yeah, I didn't I didn't love the Dyson Stacy stuff, but points to Stacy for her line, Holy Odin, your jawline is insanely distracting, because I pretty much feel that whenever Zoe Palmer is on screen. So <laughs> I, there, And I, also according to Tumblr, it's not just you. <laughs> no, no. There's there's a picture in my <laughs> in my Twitter history where it's a picture of her of Zoe Palmer from from let the dark times roll and i'm just like her jawline i can't i can't even her jawline <laughs> i did like so, that line from stacy though i thought yeah, that was that, that was, was good. pretty good that was good and and don't get me don't get me wrong chris holden reed also has an attractive jawline i i just am not am distracted by it as much as as zoe palmer's well it's covered in beard it's it's beardy yeah it's beardy <laughs> so i dice at least got more to do in this episode uh, but uh, but but Chris, you have I need I need to be consoled because they took my my wolfery away from me. They just they just didn't even let it blossom and they cut off the bud and I'm just I'm struggling. I'm I'm a little annoyed that they did that also. Thank you. <laughs> but at the same time, it's like they didn't I don't know. It's not completely squashed. I still have hope. It could still go there. This was the other question in the interview with Michael Grassy that I was completely confused by because he was like, their relationship has been up and down. What relationship? They, <laughs> they had implied sexy times at the end of end of a line. They don't barely mention that anything happened in origin. There's like a look between the two of them. They have a conversation about a cod piece in Dark Horse. They have like no interaction in episode, you know, 501. Bo's like, I know. Dyson, but that's nothing. <laughs> You're taking it to mean romantic relationship. I think he meant as a whole. But their relationship hasn't been particularly up and down. They've usually been on pretty good terms. But they started off in like a, an adversarial place. For one episode. I know, but work with me. <laughs> <laughs> it's been it's been a little... It, I, I wouldn't necessarily say up and down. I would say it's been kind of all over the place because they started off adversarial and became kind of buddy-buddy. And then there were smoochies. And then they were joking about the smoochies. And now there are no more smoochies, apparently, for the time being. As sad as it makes Stephanie. But... um. <laughs> Because they're all, you know, you thinking what I'm thinking? Friends? Yes. And then they do the pinky thing, which is adorable. And I'm like, you should be more than friends. <laughs> I get emotional. <laughs> so they said, are you thinking what I'm thinking? And then Stephanie, I can now see it, is is sitting at her, I guess, your... your <laughs> My Kindle. <laughs> right, your Kindle. Going, kiss, 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 kiss. kiss. <laughs> Take off your pants. Yes, that was me. <laughs> 
Wolfery sex. Wolfery sex. <laughs> we'll have to make you a little wolfery alert. Yeah. Yeah, we will. <laughs> like, it's fine. I know that I'm like one of, I don't know, maybe a dozen people who are actually excited by that pairing, but. I like wolfery. Thank you. I just felt like it was snatched. Not to the extent that you do, I guess. I know. I know. But I just felt like it was snatched away from us so abruptly. Before no you warning. even really had it. Before we even had it. Thank you. <sighs> just so disappointing. Don't know what you've got till it's gone. No. No. It, just because you're not, je- Tamsin, just because you're not jealous doesn't mean that you don't like the person. That can mean you actually have a healthy relationship. Jealousy is not healthy. Just a little relationship advice for me. <laughs> I think she could actually use it. So this is an unrelated question, but it okay. has come in from Twitter. TV Nerd 3 says, how do you guys feel about them cutting the theme song? Well, I don't know if that's a permanent change. It could just be they did it for the first two to really squeeze in a lot of time. But I'm actually okay with it because the, unless they updated it, because the what she says over the credits is kind of not entirely true anymore because it's really more true of season one bow and mm-hmm. it didn't, they haven't really, they haven't updated in a really long time. And so it includes like live footage of Kenzie. Ksenia Solo isn't a cast member anymore. She's a hopefully a recurring character, but not a cast member anymore. It doesn't have Zoe Palmer live footage. It just has a picture of her. So if they're, I, I'm okay with it actually. If they if they decide not to include it in season five, how about you, Chris? I hope that the current thing where they just flashed the title. I hope that's just for maximizing episode time. I want them to have the theme song, the whole deal. I enjoy those. I, I miss them because for a long time it seemed like a like every show I watched would just have like the title card, title card mm-hmm. with like a musical cue. And that's fine, but I miss theme songs. I like theme songs. <laughs> I liked theme songs too. Don't get me wrong. I would love to see the theme song come back, but I actually would love for them to update the credits. However, I don't me know too. if that's going to happen. It That does cost money, and it's not a huge budget, too, so they, they might not have the money to update the credits, or the money is better spent elsewhere. But, but yeah, I'd love for the theme song to come back, but I'm okay if it doesn't, personally. Was there anything else we wanted to talk about? Any little stray thoughts you wanted to add? Because we've we've hit the major plot points. We didn't talk a whole lot about Dyson and Stacy. Anything else we want to add about Dyson and Stacy? I think. Oh, do Chris- we want to talk about the uh, Valkyrie on Valkyrie doubt off? Oh, yeah. Let's go ahead. Since that you- was one of my favorite moments, but we haven't. Yeah, talked you like you really like that. So so go for it. Talk about it. I just I thought it was a good scene because Mean Girl versus Mean Girl. You know, I enjoy that sort of thing. Apparently, yeah. On occasion, I, not always, but I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I don't, I don't want to rain on your parade, but I, I personally was a little disappointed in it just because these are two Valkyrie. These are two women who could have like a really kick-ass showdown and it resulted to it in catty comments about hair. So. And that's fair. I, I was personally disappointed and also because I, that's not a scene that we'd see between two male characters, unless they were gay, and that's a whole other thing. Uh, but I, I personally would rather of them, if they were going to have a doubt out, a doubt off. I like that idea actually, but I wish they dug a little deeper because Tamsin mm-hmm. supposedly feels so guilty about all the stuff that she did. It seems like there'd be a, a whole minefield of, uh, or no, there would be a whole field to mine in regards to to what she felt really guilty about, but it stayed very superficial. 
That is true. So that's fair. But I mean, I, I think it was really well acted and don't get me wrong. Like I still kind of laughed, but I, I wish that they had maybe gone a little deeper into Tamsin's psyche to pull those deep, dark doubts out. That's valid. I just, uh, you know, for what it was, I, I was entertained. <laughs> for what it was, it was well done. Absolutely. Anything else? Dyson and Stacy? Chris Holden reads adorable. I'll just say that. <laughs> he is. Yes. Oh, a couple of quotes I like if, if you uh, want. <laughs> okay, go for it. He's an asshole perceived by me, <laughs> me as an asshole. As an asshole. Yes. <laughs> He's an asshole perceived by me as an asshole. It was, yes, that was so great. Thank you, Bo. Bo was, Bo was on fire this episode. Bo was on fire again. And that's partially why I feel really torn about this, especially if I, if I look at the two episodes as a, as a whole, the first two episodes as a whole, I feel like Bo's character art was really on point and I liked mm-hmm. what they did with it. Uh, but if I actually like look at the plot points of the second episode, I'm just like, Bleh. no, thank you. That was not, not pleasing to me so much. So, but I'm really happy with what they're doing with Bo and I, I hope that she continues on that trajectory. I also liked the line Persephone had about Bo. When you get angry, you look just like him. Mm, I thought that, that was kind of interesting. Yeah, that was ugh, that was kind of foreboding, wasn't it? Yes. But it also kind of goes back to stuff that we've talked about before where I think there'd been some speculation that, you know, when Bo gets to be Super Bo or Dark Bo or whatever you want to call her, there's like the implication that maybe she's at least partially possessed by her mm-hmm. father. So mm-hmm. I think that ties in there. I also liked the scene where Bo was apologizing to Persephone. This is after, after the sexy times <laughs> later in the episode where she's basically apologizing f- for that. And Persephone saying that she gained hope from hearing stories about Bo, which I kind of liked. Mm. Because there's this whole ongoing thing, right, about the the tales of the unaligned succubus and being all rebellious and whatnot. And I, I like that they're sort of touching on this idea that maybe Bo has inspired other people. And because Annie is not here, I will play the shallow, shallow role. And I will say that I really liked the bum groping slash hip groping. Because there was an awful lot of that, I noticed. Yes, because Anna Silk... Bo, she has really nice curves, and I was happy to see somebody appreciate said curves. <laughs> that that was also my thought, because everybody was like, ew, and Bo's maybe taking advantage of her stepmom or whatever. And I'm like, did you see the, the there was a lot of... There was bum groping. There, there was. <laughs> I'm sad as that I, Annie's not here to I sing gesture. the bum groping song. Yeah, there was, there was gesturing. <laughs> so awkward (laughs) (laughs) but seriously because everybody was talking about this on on twitter earlier anyway that um damn anna silk right like anna silk's looking really great she's looking really great she's looking really great i mean everybody's looking really great so Uh, everybody i yeah i agree i feel like everybody has gotten about 30 percent more attractive since last season which how? how they were already so attractive i know you you think people are like really attract and then they just keep getting better looking it's really amazing so is it because there's more light this season (laughs) maybe there's slightly more light (laughs) Uh, i just made myself laugh i I, I can can see that i can see that (laughs) 
But yeah, let us let us know your thoughts about this episode, your theories about who the woman in the elevator is. It sounds like we will be seeing her again, or seems like we will be seeing her again. You can tell us in the comments for the show notes for this episode over at drinkswiththedoll.com slash 81. You can also send us an email to feedback at drinkswiththedoll.com or send a voice message by clicking on the send voicemail tab on the right-hand side of our website. I'm so glad you could join us for Drinks of the Doll. My name is Stephanie. And I'm Chris. <laughs> that was me pretending to be Annie. <laughs> I didn't know you were going to do that. Yeah. And I am unintentionally interrupting Chris. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Cheers. Cheers.